0: today's episode of juicing the numbers Use statistics and sports podcast i am one of your hosts joshua tracy
1: and i am still corwin heller he still is
0: he still is um you know it's funny Corwin. last time we recorded uh there were two arizona pitchers in the top three for era right you yeah. know There is now zero Arizona pitchers in the top three for ERA. And in fact, there's now only one Arizona pitcher in the top 10 for ERA. What did I
1: miss out of Zach Gallon's last game?
0: And that's what I'm going to go look up, because what must have happened for there to be that large of a dip? This was not what we had planned on talking about. That doesn't even make sense.
1: Wait, give him on. one run.
0: Yeah, wait. He I'm confused. 105 ERA. Yeah, then how is he not here in the? Because uh, I show, I show on Baseball Reference Pablo Lopez with a 105 ERA, and then it goes Cortez Verlander, Michaelis Kopech, blah blah blah. Um, ooh, is Baseball Reference having an ordeal? uh
1: earned earned run at why can't i see i need to see uh the leaderboard
0: yeah because zach allen should absolutely be here with his 105 unless oh wait unless he's no longer a qualified starter anymore maybe he's below the innings threshold
1: how many runs does he or how many innings does he have
0: i always forget what that cutoff is let me double check uh
1: also, Merrill Kelly is still shown there as the third person in the URA with a one seven one.
0: Hold on, I showed Merrill Kelly at number. I showed Merrill Kelly at number seven. Are you looking at National League only, Sam? Yes, yeah, bitch.
1: Number seven, one, seven, one. Yep.
0: You need to throw at least five innings for the, uh, the ERA or for the, for the win, but what's the ER? Cause I know for like batters, it's 3.2 plate appearances per your team's games.
1: He's 34.1 um, innings pitch. I don't know how it couldn't be qualified.
0: Yeah. Cause how many, how many pitches or how many innings is that per start? He's got six starts. I mean, yeah, that's, a lot that's plenty that's that's sick almost six it's over five innings per start it's more it's more innings per start than zach oh, i guess it actually is technically it's
1: like no, one yeah, start it's short
0: it's more um, unless it's the number of starts that mattered. i don't know now why zach allen wouldn't be a qualified starter I am I am I'm thrown for a loop.
1: It must be because all of these other guys on the list have at least 40.
0: Yeah, I'm seeing Pablo Lopez with 43. Verlander's got um uh forty-five. It's gotta be the innings.
1: Whoa. What? here's a fun stat. Uh Michael Kopek having a fantastic year.
0: One point five four year, right? Eh?
1: Um. Oh, I'm stupid. Never mind. Uh, this is a positive stat, not a negative one. Um, I saw hits per nine innings pitched and Kopech was at number one with 4.114. I read it as hits batsman.
0: I was uh, like, he's hitting
1: four people per game. Holy fuck.
0: Yo, he's allowed zero home runs so far this season. Good for him. Holy shit. But what's interesting is Kopech is here, with seven starts and thirty-five innings. Yeah, but Zach it Gallant must isn't be like there. that. Point one inning. It's got. Yeah, I was gonna say it's got to be the, those two-thirds innings. The difference between thirty-four point one and thirty-five innings. That's got to be the difference. This is so not what we plan on talking about today. So mm-hmm. sorry for this deviation. Um, I don't know what I planned on saying about this. Oh, uh, I remember now Nestor Cortez is having a phenomenal season now has the lowest ERA in the American league, which means that uh, one would assume if the season ended today, he would be in a pretty good spot to get Cy Young votes. If not win the award, not anything that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about today because we kind of just talked about Nestor Cortez relatively in depth, uh, a handful episodes ago. So there's nothing really new to discuss with him since Nothing's changed. He just keeps not getting any worse, um, which is fantastic for Yankees fans and for people who like uh, uh, crafty lefties' trademark. Um, because boy, howdy, is that what he is? But thought we, we worth calling it out. Uh, speaking of pitching performances, it's gonna be a pitching heavy day, as uh, Albert Pujols made his MLB pitching debut uh, the other night as the St. Louis Cardinals. We're tackling the um Watsits, What's it's the fucking goddamn it son of a bitch, uh Giants, fuck me. Uh, a game in which they ended up winning 15 to 6. So in in garbage time, we got a position player pitching from the, the team doing the trouncing, which it feels as though we don't always get. Again, it's nice to see some of the unwritten rule stuff slowly fading into irrelevancy. So um Albert pools ended up closing out the game. He came in with a significant lead, which was great because he allowed four earned runs. The only earned runs allowed by any of the quote unquote relievers in his one inning pitched. Um, He allowed three hits, two of which were home runs and one walk. He threw 27 strikes. I'm sorry, 16 strikes and 27 pitches. All right. That's more fun. That makes more sense. That that's pretty funny. Um, And it's kind of interesting, not in like a real way, but it's funny that this is his first pitching appearance in his career because the man is like 90 Mm -hmm. and he has been on some pretty bad Angels teams. And with the Angels being a parade of people who are constantly hurt and oh, also we're not very good. It's funny that he hasn't done this before, right?
1: It must be like a respect thing, like of all the people that we're going to send out there to like get their stats completely embarrassed, like we're not going to throw out. You know what it might be? It might be a desperate attempt to prevent him from getting so much negative war. He stays under 100 for his career.
0: I actually I had that exact thought when I saw that he allowed all those earned runs because I'm like, no, that still counts. Albert, stop it. It still counts against your war. you're you're, you're hurting yourself don't do it i know it's fun but like man you are 0.3 war away from being back at 100 please stop
1: is he still playing like decently well like all things considered
0: we did just talk about him last episode two episodes ago about how he's still mashing lefties and it appears that i'm not going to go into the splits again but it appears as though as long as uh, he's being deployed in that way i would assume uh yeah he's still killing it his ops plus so far this season is 132 which is fantastic um he's only appeared in 17 games so again i would assume that this is because they're deploying him mostly against lefties but um his on base is 375 which is hilarious um he has hit two home runs so far this season so um you know, not a lot. He doesn't have the wheels to hit a lot of doubles. He has two so far on the year, but he's got his eight walks. He's got six RBIs. He's 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 getting he's getting on base. He's doing he's doing the thing.
1: I saw a really fun stat today that Albert Pujols joins a list of players that includes only Babe Ruth for having hit 600 home runs and have pitched in a game. Just shown up, just walked up to the mound and had six hundred homers. Him and the Babe,
0: equally as well.
1: oh yeah. No need to dig into any further stats. Just this to me, participation trophies.
0: This to me is a more interesting conversation than like could know strike out Babe Ruth? Who would hit more home runs off the other? Babe Ruth off of Pujols oh or Pujols God. off of Babe Ruth? I mean, it it
1: has to be Babe Ruth hitting more home runs off Pujols.
0: Because this is where it gets interesting. Because I'm willing to bet that Ruth probably threw harder than Pujols, but only because Pujols is not a, never has been a pitcher and played first base, a very not throwing hard position. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: I mean, it's so. It's I, not I would even, agree. It's not even like the case of like oh. Which one is that much better of a batter? It's like, well, one of them knows how to do the second aspect of this and the other doesn't.
0: Right. And to such a degree that Pujols would essentially be soft tossing lobs, they'd be batting practice pitches. And if there's anything that's going to translate over a 100 years of, of baseball development, it's going to be the soft tossed batting practice lobs that the babe could still totally it's not like he's going up against a slider he'd be Mm -hmm. going up against warm-up pitches so yeah I think he could definitely still knock those
1: it's like asking like means like between me and Steph Curry it's like all right who can hit the most putts and who can make the most three-point shots and it's like well yeah like the argument you know who can putt better me or Steph Curry like there's a conversation to be had If you're comparing my ability to shoot a three point shot and Steph Curry's ability to shoot a three point shot, like there's no case to be made from that point forward.
0: Do you think you could hit 10 three point shots faster than Steph Curry could hit 10 full court shots? No. Do you think you could hit 10 two point shots? Faster than Steph Curry could hit 10 full court shots.
1: Am I standing under the basket?
0: No, like you're, you're like, let's say three steps in from, you're, you're like uh, uh, on one of the corners of the free throw line. You know what I mean? Like like right outside that little, I don't know what, what so the basketball not terms so are.
1: So not like taking a free throw where it's like perfectly lined up. That's Just my like next a little question. off center. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're outside of that. that so like 10 of those before Steph
1: makes 10 free full court full shots. court shots. Is there somebody rebounding?
0: No. Oh, you oh. mean like, does he have to get his own rebound? No, no, no. There's someone rebounding the ball back. Yeah. Uh, Steph, do I is, have
1: to get my own rebound?
0: No, 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 no. Now that you, you both have an infinite supply okay. of, of basketballs right next to you.
1: I think that's, I think it's possible. I don't think it would be like a confident thing, but like, yeah, I think there's enough luck involved here where I may be able to do that.
0: And it'd be like one, and then one, and then like you guys would take turns. Like it wouldn't be um,
1: oh, or like you Ooh. would just go until you
0: hit ten, and then Steph would go until he hit ten. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, it wouldn't be a okay. race. It wouldn't be a timed thing. It'd be a number so, of like, attempts. The race
1: thing. aspect. I like. Yeah. Like my ball doesn't have to go nearly as far. Like I would just be able to pump out shots as fast as I can. Oh, in that case, no, I don't.
0: Uh, do you think you could hit ten free throws faster than Steph could hit? If it, it is back
1: shots. and forth. Um
0: or a number of It really just comes down to
1: like I'm expecting to hit maybe 40% of my free throws. Can Steph Curry make four full court shots out of 10? I don't think so. I don't know if he could. If he can if he makes the first one, it's over. It's like, how long until Steph finds a shot to know how to do it?
0: And how long is the endurance aspect? Because I'm sure that muscling out a full court shot is also a significant amount of strain.
1: But again, he's also a professional athlete.
0: who No, throws, I know. But I'm saying, like, If it takes him more than like 20 shots, eventually you're going to start tuckering mm. out a little bit. But mm. at the same time, I know that like, if you were asking me this question, the answer would be universally no, because I have seen how many free throws I could make in a 10 shot span. And if I hit three, it's a good run. Yeah, it's a good set of ten. If I hit three, I'm so not good at like ah uh, eh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's, and it's you know
1: what the mental the mental pressure of being there in that competition is not the same as just being alone in the health quest gym, just shooting around. You would be I, like I would be shaking trying to take those shots.
0: Oh oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Anyway, so I guess that can wrap up our Albert Pujols discussion. <laughs> Seamless transition. Boom. Uh Speaking of more pitching performance stuff, before we get into the thing that we we're going to spend the most time on today, which man, that never goes the way we intend for it to go. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds threw an unofficial no hitter. Unofficial because the 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 pitching team did not pitch nine complete innings. They only pitched eight innings. And why would they only pitch eight innings and a no hitter? That's because they lost the game <laughs> and they were the away team, which means they got walked all oh, that. actually didn't get walked off because it didn't, well, it wasn't a walk off, but they, uh, they didn't need they didn't get the opportunity to, uh, to pitch for the a ninth, a ninth inning. Um, and, oh man. And how does, how does that happen? well, Hunter Green threw a bunch of really great innings and and then walked the bases loaded with fewer than two outs. And that means that you can score a run on and out. And so and a Hunter... Huh? On a walk. On an out. They scored this run on an out. If the bases are oh, loaded on the two outs,
1: yeah. you can score okay.
0: a run on an out. So Hunter Green comes up. It is the uh, bottom of the eighth. And Hunter Green gets a a second pitch out on Jack Sawinski, which first time I'm seeing that name, and he plays for a professional baseball team. I don't know any of the – I know a couple of these names. Then Rodolfo Castro, another man I don't know who that is, uh, works a six-pitch walk. And then Michael Perez comes up, and he works a seven-pitch walk. So now there's two men on – and there are no, there's one out, my mistake, just one out. So then after 7.1 innings pitched and however many fucking actual pitches that is, so I'm not going to go look. Um, Art Warren comes in in relief, really faces Ben Gammel, and Art Warren walks Ben Gamble on four straight pitches to load the bases. So now it's bases loaded one out, which again means outside of a double play, you can score a run on a long fly ball or the right type of ground ball in the infield um like and that's essentially what happened where cabrian hayes comes up on the fourth pitch of his at bat hits it's a a ground out to uh second base and uh what's his fucking name who scored uh fucking Oh, Castro. There we go. God damn it. Rodolfo Castro uh, scores on the play for the first run of the game. Brian Brunsling comes up. First pitch fly out. Or sorry, pop out to to, to, to short. But it doesn't matter. Damage done. Can the Reds do something in the top of the ninth? Boy, howdy. No, they fucking can't. Uh, Third pitch pop out from Tommy Pham. And then Mike Mostakis. Hits a fourth pitch line out and then TJ Friddle hits a uh sixth pitch ground out 2 1 to end the game. Pirates win, Pirates got no hit and won. Reds pitched a no hit and lost. Uh, real quick, because I now I, I do have the time to go look for it. Um, the pitch total for um fucking Hunter Green. Oh my god, 118 pitches. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they should not have allowed re- that
1: long. Yeah, that's uh especially no, no. for a guy who is both new to the league as a rookie and prone to bouts of wild pitching.
0: Also, your team blows hot ass and you're mm. away. So like you're bad. Don't risk one of the few good players you have getting hurt. And you're not in your hometown. So, like, it's something like you can even say, we want to put on a good show for, you know, the Reds faithful. They're not there.
1: Yeah. Whatever. That's stupid. God, the Reds are, are the Reds the next joke organization if they're not already?
0: You know what's wild? I was looking at um standings today, and I'm so used to the Orioles being the, the worst team in the league, and they're, I think, they have the seventh worst record, like the seven teams with worse wet records than the Orioles right now. Um, one of them, of course, being the Reds, who have the magical record, they don't have 10 wins. What's more impressive that the Yankees don't have 10 losses or that the Reds don't have 10 wins? Uh, and even 35 games in, Be, uh, 35 for the Reds, 34 for the Yankees, but basically the same. <sighs>
1: I mean, I feel like they're almost equally impressive. I feel like the Yankees, just because I feel like nine wins, 25 losses is terrible, but it wouldn't have been so exceptionally bad if they didn't start three and 22.
0: You know what? I'm actually going to say the Reds because they play in the worst division in baseball. Mm. Like, seriously, there is three out of five of the teams in their division are below 500 and i think that is it's the second most oh shit actually there's two. Oh no i spoke too soon the american league is ugly holy shit the al central is bad wow i didn't realize that every team but the twins were under 500 wow holy shit yeah i did not realize that that is oh wow okay we'll revisit that later But, uh, regardless, this division is still quite bad. Like the Cubs have a sub 400 win percent. The pirates are are closer to 500, but at 15 and 19, they're not exactly doing anything fantastic. You know, like there there's opportunity for the Reds to run into some more wins, just kind of by mistake. Then I think, um. You know with the Yankees having a relatively easier schedule. You still have to actually win the games, which is hard to do with such frequency. But with uh, you know, you could say a weaker quality opponent, a hot start, you can write it off in a couple of different ways. But to not amass, to not amass a pathetic number of wins, like the Reds have a win percent of two fifty seven. To not amass Relative. just ten wins is, I I mean, it's insane. Yeah, that's very fair. Oh would you God. how would you feel as a Reds fan if your team pitched a a no in air quotes no hitter and lost? You can't um, celebrate that, right?
1: No, you can't celebrate it. I feel like it's genuinely one of those like just throw your hands up and just like, of course, we can't have anything nice, we're cursed, like you can't really disappoint them because they're Reds fans and they expect this, but it's really just kicking a, a dead horse.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's tough to feel too much sympathy for the city of Cincinnati. Your team was just in the Super Bowl, so like, lick my balls. Um, but yeah, this is. Uh, it does feel like we had a cool thing going and we still managed to fuck it up. And not even like to the Dodgers, it's to the pirates like you blew this to another mm-hmm. really bad team just and that brings us i guess to to uh you know in air quotes our main Ooh, what
1: uh i just had a a really good idea for an alternate episode that i'm not gonna bring up because i want to fudge this out first and we'll get sidetracked
0: text it to me yeah um Bringing us to our our main topic then, which was the idea. And it was funny. We had this idea before this had happened. And this really is just such a hilariously perfect segue of what is more impressive slash more valuable and with a very wishy-washy use of the word valuable, um, throwing a no-hitter or throwing a no-walker. Because – does seem that we're putting a lot of focus on the hitting aspect. And obviously there's a historic reason for that, but I'm not sure that it lines up to what matters today. Cause if you think about it, if I allow, there's no way for me to walk somebody in under four pitches Unless you use today's current autom- uh, uh, intentional walk rule, which in a game in which you're not allowing, you know, have a throwing no hitter, you probably wouldn't do that. Um, but you know, if I'm going to throw, if I'm going to issue a walk, an earnest walk, I'm throwing at least four pitches, which will jack up my pitch count and might end up leading to things where. I'm Hunter Green, and I've thrown 120 pitches in the the eighth inning and can't finish the game because I'm walking people. Whereas I can allow a hit on the first pitch of my at-bat or of that plate appearance, which, yeah, I let up a hit, but like it's way fewer pitches than would be allotted for a walk, and I could potentially still finish the game. No like we force pitchers or not we we force but like there is a, a a greater leniency with allowing a pitcher to run up their pitch count to achieve the no-hitter understandably this is a, a game that with uh, large swaths of sentimentality strewn about um, but we don't issue i guess some of the same leniency with not allowing walks but allowing hits even though it seems as though that, that might be a more sustainable thing to do so to run through some of the most recent no walkers, uh, we've had one this year so far, we've already had one this year. We had our first, our first no Walker was on, uh, April 25th and it was done by Walker Bueller, which I really just couldn't be asking for a better setup for this segment. Um, At all, I mean, this is just perfect. He threw, and I'm using the same justifications as a no hitter nine innings pitched. You know, this is not like a seven inning cutoff, it's a full nine in a complete game. Um, they don't, I'm not, I don't care about win or loss at the moment, but complete game does other stats don't matter, just you can't have allowed a walk. So, Walker Bueller against the Diamondbacks on April 25th threw nine innings, allowed three hits, but no runs no walks, and 10 strikeouts at 108 pitches total. We had a decent number of them last season with a few earned runs allowed, which I guess I'll leave in because you can allow runs in a no-hitter and still have a count. So I'm going to leave those runs in there too. Um, But all of them were, were games that had been won except for a single game um, adam Wainwright threw a no walker in uh, uh april 26th of 2021 complete game loss nine innings pitched six hits two earned runs no walks eight strikeouts um two earned run, or two uh two home runs 107 pitches total the high watermark for pitches is zach wheeler's may 6th performance of last year um, against milwaukee which was a complete game shutout win, nine innings pitched, three hits, uh, eight strikeouts, good for 118 pitches, which between the last two years is the most. Uh, and the fewest pitches for a no walker was Max Fried's performance, uh, his super Maddox, on August October 11th against uh, Pittsburgh, nine innings pitched, two hits, seven strikeouts, 88 pitches. And the high watermark for strikeouts was Jacob Degrom. On April 23rd against the Nationals of 2021, uh, in which he threw nine innings pitched, two hits, no walks, 15 strikeouts on 109 pitches. God, just unfucking real So, for you, how would you feel? Like, do you have – would you be interested if, um, you know, it's the fifth inning? you're in like or the end of the fifth inning and the commentator says, hasn't allowed a hit yet so far, you know, you're like, Oh, okay. I know what we're going for here. How would you feel if, if the, uh, like would the announcer saying hasn't allowed a walk yet so far Would it, would it elicit a similar reaction out of you? What would you think?
1: I feel like because it is, something that hasn't been like ingrained as like oh that's a really big deal and it's almost like all right there are i feel like plenty of games where guys go like five six innings without giving up a walk where it's fairly common i don't know if it would initially be like this response you know uh, what's the term for it like it wouldn't elicit a response right away um i feel like if it has been a term and it like does build up that history to where like control becomes important and all of a sudden guys are fighting to like have this, you know, moniker, I think it would be fairly interesting to see where it's like, all right, I'll just pump pitches down the center of the zone. Just I'll give up a hit. I'll give up a double. I just don't want to give up a walk, but I guess then at the same time, it's like, why would this ever take off? If you're put essentially putting the game at risk for not giving up a walk. It's like you give up a walk. They get at max without an error. One base. A hit doesn't essentially mean just a single it could be double, triple home run, you know, whatever. I don't know how I'd feel.
0: Yeah, it's uh. So first, one other thing to mention. Uh, as I'm doing a little bit of research, uh, Baseball Reference shows in, in my query 257, essentially no no hitters. Um, but I have that set to a nine inning pitched requirement, so I might be missing a few. The the real number is three hundred sixteen. Uh, mine also only goes back to 1901, whereas um, I see on Wikipedia that it goes back. Go to fucking eighteen seventy five. So, uh, I mean, you know, a little little bit of noise, but but just just to say, I have uh, captured two hundred fifty seven no hitters in my no hitter query on Baseball Reference. Whereas for my for my uh, no my no Walker query, I have um, m- more. I have I have more than that. So. Ooh, I have um, three hundred twenty. Oh no! Oh God, no! Many, many more. Um, I oh, I have over six hundred of these things, and that's only back to two thousand four, two thousand three. So interestingly enough, that means that this happens all the time, which is interesting. Um, and to that effect, you know that actually is surprising. I'm surprised. That there's so many games in which a pitcher throws a complete game without allowing a walk. And there's so few games in which they don't allow a hit comparatively. I don't know that's like I don't know, I'm trying to put I'm trying to put logic to it. But you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't necessarily expect it to be that disparate. I I was well over double. Before I kind of gave up and I only, I only got back to 2003. I mean, there's got to be quadruple the results there. Are you muted?
1: That honestly would make a lot of sense for why they really have never picked up or, you know, it's been picked up for being a thing. I mean, look, baseball has been a sport of statistics for forever. You think that if it was a meaningful, you know, milestone, someone somewhere would have coined a term
0: by now. So uh, last year, 2021, I'm not going to do a big historical thing, because this is a very sudden thought. Uh, There was a total of. 39,484 hits, right? So 39,500 hits we'll round it up, right? Mm-hmm. Last year, there were 15,794 walks. So we'll say 15,800 walks, um, a little bit less than half. So let's say 40%. So your, your methodology of getting on base between just those two factors, was a 60-40 split, 60% of the time it was via the hit, 40% of the time it was via the walk. And to that effect, I would expect to some degree the ratio of no hitters to no walkers to fall somewhere within that line. And yet it is so disparate. And I wonder what that could possibly be because it's not like it's a little bit over. I got to line 600 in my baseball reference query before hitting, before leaving the two thousands. Holy shit. Like I, I gave up at the start of the 2003 season and I was 600 occurrences into that query. How many years
1: since 2000? You, you have it.
0: Oh, ju- just since 2000. Hold on. I or get however that it was
1: then, then you were
0: all time going back to 1876 is 316. Yeah, just since 2000. Give me one second. Um, Hideo Nomo's no-hitter in in, uh, 2001, 58 no-hitters since the year 2000. Jesus. Over 600 no That Because, like, that's what I'm saying. It's so disparate. Like, it's not like... If you told me that there was 600 occurrences or plus but since 2600 occurrences of um, uh, complete games with no hit by pitches okay yeah hit by pitches like they happen but they're not every game happen you know like you'll you'll see plenty of games where there's not a hit batsman happens Mm -hmm. all the time that there's a game with no hit batsman so there's 600 occurrences since 2000 like all right Believe that readily. But to mm-hmm. have the, that disparity between 58 no-hitters and over 600 complete-game no-walk situations, why would that be?
1: I guess because players mentally, like when they're pitching, are trying not to give a pitch and not trying to avoid walks.
0: You no, know, actually, because I, 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 it has to be psychological. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm with... I'm with that thinking. Like, my thinking is maybe you get so psyched up about breaking up the no-hitter part of it
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that maybe you start swinging more freely. And if you start swinging more freely, you aren't going to walk. Mm. Right? You'll end up either ultimately collecting the hit which if your pitcher's pitching efficiently they'll just let him roll and then that's a that's not a no hitter it's a hitter no walker right that's what we're looking I, at or you'll strike out in which case I guess it kind of just keeps keeps rolling
1: I mean that would also play into the fact that batters are actively trying to get hits they have to swing in order to get hits you can't like nobody's going up there more than you know very specific instances and being like I'm just going to go up there. I'm going to stand there. I'm just trying to get a walk. I'm not going to try. No swinging. Just here. I'm here for what happens. The pitcher is controlling everything in essentially a walk situation. Huh?
0: Yeah. It, it,
1: I imagine if you, we asked a, a pitcher this, they would just be like, why would,
0: why would that be a thing? I wonder well, I wonder if we asked a batter who has been no hit before what they would say.
1: Because
0: hmm. it feels like that's where this is falling on a little bit more, you know what I mean? Like the, the psychology of their approach to being no hit. Because hmm. I have to imagine... That that's where most of these, and I'm not, I'm not going to look because fuck, I don't <laughs> care. But I'm willing to bet there's a lot of these no walkers. And you know what? Let's let's spot check like three. I bet okay. a lot of these hits came late in games because of that. I'm going to look at uh, how Ivan Nova. Uh, sure, why not? Um, let's look at this one from 2015 from. Clay Buckholz and let's look at this one from 2012 from uh Mike Leek, sure. Okay. First hit. Oh, I pick up uh, I clicked on the pitcher name, not the game dates thing. Fuck me. All right. So, all right. Clay Buckholz in 2012. Fucking uh Corey Kluber in 2014 and uh, Jeff Locke oh. in. 2016. Let's do those. All right, so hits of the game. So Clay Buckholtz allowed two hits in this super random 2012 game. And when did they come in the game? Uh bu- 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 bu. so Clay Buckholtz Oh no, as Dribble Cabrera took Clay Buck holds deep in the first inning. Hmm. Wow. All right. So that one's right out the window. <laughs> um, all right, so let's look at let's look at this uh random Corey Kluber. Oh, this one this one was tied forever. Kluber threw nine innings, but it was a 13, 14 inning marathon. Hmm. Okay, so that one's just no good. All right, so then let's look at this one for Jeff Locke, who allowed a, no runs at all. Okay, so when was his first hit allowed? Jeff Locke's first non-clean inning. Hold on, folks. We're still looking. The ninth inning. Wow. Uh- Two outs into the ninth inning. Wow, that is devastating. Oh, my why God. You, why would
1: you pick that one?
0: Ugh. Oh, my. It was a perfect game, too. How? Wait, what? Ugh. Wait, hold on. Three hits. Did I miss a hit? Oh, oh I missed a double play because I was looking for um more than three batters. Got it. I missed a double play. Denny Echevarria got a single off him in the first inning uh okay all right so no that throws my theory out out the window of the idea that a lot of these were like no hit bids that got broken up late
1: well again we've only checked one so that was three yep yes it was numbers are hard words are harder life is hard life is
0: hard yeah Wow, that is because I was going to take us into a conversation about what would you rather have as like a fan you of the play, team you or as defense, you know what I mean? Like, because obviously allowing a hit has the potential for more consequences than allowing a walk. Like, like you said, like a walk is mm-hmm. going to only be one base. A hit could be literally a home run um, or a single and anything in between. So th- there's more risk involved with looking at, this statically in terms of did you allow a hit did you allow a walk but at the same time there are advantages in terms of pitch count and in terms of potentially reduced pressure from it being a no hit situation i think for um you know again it's like sentimentality i a fan would rather see a no hitter but i i wonder if I'm a pitching coach, if I'd almost rather my guy allow a hit in the first inning and then throw nine innings, you know what I mean? Like no one's going to get stretched out to 120 pitches for a no walker. And that's for the best. Like that has to be a relatively efficient outing for you. I think that comes with advantages.
1: It does. I just.
0: But wow, it's way more common than I thought. I mean, Holy shit.
1: Who do you, who do you think the all-time leader would be for no walkers?
0: Just no like Walker, uh, Greg, Greg,
1: Greg Maddox type. Uh,
0: I I think I can actually record. do that for you. Um, If you vamp for me for like a little bit, I think Vamping. I can find you an answer. Okay.
1: Um, boy, you picked just this like the his, one this thing. This is your strength. I'm, this is the absolute epitome of the worst case scenario for this podcast. Um. All right, what's going on with uh with uh golf? I could talk about golf. Uh PGA this week. Second major of the season. You're the, you're it's absolute worst you told me to vamp. You did not pick the subject. Uh <laughs> Phil Mickelson, the reigning PGA champion.
0: Okay. All you're, right, hold on. Re- okay. I've I've got I've got guys and man I don't know who the fuck these these top people are. No, actually that's this? not true. I know who a lot of these top people are, but I don't know who a lot of these other people are.
1: So complete games, no walks.
0: Yes. Complete, complete, uh, uh, all the qualifications of a no hit. Well, again, I only did nine innings because I, I, I didn't. Actually, can I, is there a statistical filter for complete games that actually might help parse this out a little bit? Hold on. Hold on.
1: Yeah. So Phil withdrew. With yeah. Um... You know, that's huge news. Uh, live golf taken off, you know, Southern Hills, Tiger Woods was there today. Um, played with Matt this weekend. It was pretty good. Um, shot a 95, which
0: isn't no, I can't, I can't outrageously
1: good, but a uh, three-stretch run, a three-hole stretch, uh, or had three straight triple bogeys. It was ugly.
0: All right, so the, guy, the guy the guy with the most is a Hall of Famer um, who pitched from 1911 to 1930. Um, OK. Yeah, he uh, he has one hundred and twenty war. His name is Pete Alexander. I have no idea who that is, but he had one hundred twenty war. It feels like we should know that. Um, and then it's like Christy Mathewson, Cy Young, Walter Johnson, uh, Robin Roberts, who pitched from forty eight to sixty six. God damn um hall of famer um and then it's babe adams ted lyons carl hubble paul derringer juan marshall epa rixey epa rixey who is in the hall of fame pitched from 1912 to 1933 And his name is Eppa Rixie.
1: I am the only evidence you would ever need to show me that we are living in a simulation that started in like the year 2000 is just baseball players names from like before 1950. Like the computer that made this ran out of RAM for like certain aspects of history and just had to come up with random ass garbage for like old timey baseball names.
0: All right, so this is funny. Again, this is such a total non-sequitur. But Paul Derringer is the only guy of all the names I've read so far who is not in the Hall of Fame. Oh, actually, Babe Adams isn't either. So everyone except Paul Derringer and Babe Adams are are in the Hall of Fame. These are the only two guys who are not. Interesting. Like, it almost feels like an indicator for you to be on this list that you're like – a guy because then after epa epa rixi it's it's fergie jenkins it's it's warren spawn like those are both uh you know two of the greatest pitchers of all time both like in the hall of the hall of fame um but our, our 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 guys um paul derringer and babe adams no no dice no dice with their 35 years combined baseball experience Hmm. Oh, this is wild. Hold on. This is, oh, that's Carl Hubble. All right. That's why Paul Derringer, two World Series rings, six-time All-Star, led in a ton of things over the course of his career. He he led in various points in his career in, uh, when loss percent, um, games, games started, complete games, innings pitched, hits and earned runs. Uh, batters faced, FIP, which they wouldn't have cared about back in that day. Um home runs per nine walks per nine strikeouts to walk ratio, and yet only amassed 36 war in 15 seasons Uh one, two world series, but not a hall of famer.
1: Why? Why
0: not? Two top five finishes in MVP voting. I'm wondering why his war wasn't higher.
1: Yeah. Like that's what I'm confused about.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, ERAs must have just been a lot lower back then than what he, his career 346 ERA, I guess, isn't fantastic, but
1: I mean, how can you be that good at one point in your career where, like, you're leading the lead in those categories? You have to be significantly above average. Was he, like, really awful during, like, the later end of his career, like the last six, seven years, where it's just, like, crazy negative war?
0: No, honestly, actually, it's it's almost the opposite. From 31 his debut to 36, his ERA, which fucking oh, there it is, was 365 because there was a bunch of four ERA seasons. Um oh, hold on, I'm trying to deselect in baseball reference. All right, there we go. Whereas from 1938 to the end of his career in 1945, his ERA actually went down to oh, 3.24. It looks like it would have been lower because there's way fewer four ERA seasons in the latter half of his career than there is in the, the first half of his career. But yeah, th- I mean lifetime 3.46 ERAs is a pretty decent ERA, especially in the 40s. Whatever. Yeah. Who knows. Um. All right. Let's look for someone more modern. I'm going to set the a limit here to like 1990. All right. So from 1990 to today. Yeah, it's Greg Maddox. Good. Greg Maddox, then Roy halliday David Wells, Kurt Schilling, wow. Bob Tewksbury tied with Randy Johnson. Sure. Um, Javier Vasquez, Kevin Brown, Cliff Lee, and then Roger Clemens runs out the top 10. All right, Corbin, name a team Bob Tewksbury played for.
1: Uh, Tewksbury is in New Jersey. I'll say he played for the Mets.
0: No, if you had guessed the Yankees, he did have a season and a half with the Yankees, uh, but his, his teams included the Yankees, the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Rangers, the Padres, and the Twins, and amassed mm. 20.8 career war over the course of 13 seasons. Oh, he, double, he let up a lot of hits a lot. Of hits. <laughs> oh a whole bunch of them. Oh yeah, this is a lot of hits.
1: Yeah. Wow. I'm surprised he would even go pitch complete games if he gave up a lot of hits.
0: Oh one of my favorite names Brett Saberhagen. Damn. love love the name Brett Saberhagen. Rolls right off the tongue.
1: No idea who he is.
0: A pitcher for the Royals for forever, borderline hall of fame, not in the hall of fame, but honestly, if his career ended today, he might have had a better case. Um, two time Cy Young, three time All Star, won the 1985 World Series, has a gold glove, uh, was World Series MVP, has an ERA title, 58.9 career war, um, uh, career ERA of 3.34. Uh, he had, uh, I just had it under 2,000 strikeouts, 1,715 strikeouts, but, like, uh, everything else he amassed was so good that I think if he retired today with only his 167 wins and 1,700 strikeouts, he might still actually have a case because he was so efficient. But because when he um, retired in 2001 um, and then became a Hall of Fame eligible, and I guess that would be 2006... Uh, we were still operating under very antiquated um, Hall of Fame metrics. That yeah, he didn't get in. But anyway, yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I like I like the idea of not allowing walks. I'm actually I'm disappointed. Because I wanted to save... I didn't do too much digging into this, so I wanted to save it for our discussion. But I'm disappointed that it's not more uncommon because I like the idea of pumping and strikes and not allowing walks in, in an attempt to just shove than the idea of a pitcher getting a no-hitter, but they had, like, six walks... Or, like, five walks and a hit batter or some shit like that. And it's, like, allowing... To me... Nine innings pitched, no no runs scored, three hits, no walks is a better outing than nine innings pitched, no hits, no earned runs, five walks and a hit batter. Mm. Like that, the first one for me is a better outing, but it doesn't in mean the, as much as the other one.
1: In the future for an, an upcoming episode, instead of doing it just as no walks, no hits or, you know, all of these. And instead of having it be like a qualified start, let's pick like the benchmarks for what we would want for like an impressive outing, like one hit or fewer, one walk or fewer, sub X amount of pitches, whatever other outliers or, you know, they need to have a minimum strike r- strikeout rate, minimum swing rate, whatever it may be and just be like, who meets the criteria in every category in X amount of games, if anyone? And then just see who is our, like, something.
0: One, one final query that I think would be fun to run. Uh, just real quick, not going to try to draw too many of, of any conclusions from it. Uh, people who just missed the perfect game So no hits and no walks. Somebody got on base some other way.
1: Oh, no, I don't want it. I want to know. Like who won with an error?
0: Or like like just the hit batter. All right, so the most recent time, this happened three times last year. So they were all obviously no hitters. Uh, But yeah, without any walks, John Means no hitter. The only batter got on from a wild. No, not the wild pitch. It must have been a fielder's choice or something like that. He didn't even allow allow a a hit batter because the other two was Carlos Rodon's no hitter and Joe Musgrove's no hitter. Um, Both of them had a hit batter, nothing else. Um, Scherzer did it twice in 2015. But that's wild. So it happened three times in 2021. Didn't happen for the six years prior and then happened three times in 2015.
1: One of which being the same guy.
0: Yeah. Two of them were Max Scherzer, one against Pittsburgh, one against the Mets. And then one was Chris Heston, who also did it against the Mets. Twice this happened to the Mets. Ah, the Mets.
1: Wow. Has there ever been a team that had two perfect games against them in a single season?
0: Oh, wait, hold on. This is interesting. How many occurrences of this do you think there are?
1: Uh, pr- no hits,
0: no walks, but I guess not technically a perfect game because you got on somehow else. Some other I'll way.
1: say there's been, what, 23 perfect games?
0: No, actually, this sorry, this does include perfect games because I'm seeing some perfect game winners here. Okay,
1: um, There's been how many perfect games?
0: 23? Twenty... I, tw- I want to say 27, but maybe it is 23. and i'll say 27 there are 23
1: i'll say there's been 27 of these
0: oh 27 total
1: uh no 27 of these
0: oh okay so 50 total
1: yeah
0: yeah oh they said there was 23 but now i'm baseball references oh 19th century ones there were two okay uh you're very close um there are Forty-two total occurrences of this. Hmm. Um, wait, did I lie? Oh, I'm looking at the. Sorry, I have a, a, I have a handful of of queries um, open at the moment. Yeah, so forty-two total occurrences. So if there's twenty-three um, perfect games, it means that there's nineteen yeah. other. There's nineteen guys who came unfortunately close, <laughs> devastatingly
1: oh close. God. Yeah. So looks to be those.
0: Yeah, it really does. It's oh, really. so like Felix Hernandez threw his perfect game in, in 2012 against against the Rays, and then Clayton Kershaw came oh so close in 2014 uh, against the Rockies, 9 innings pitched, 15 strikeouts. God, what a performance. That is the most strikeouts in any of these. Oh, no, sorry. Max Scherzer had 17. Oh, right. Um, How do you think the one guy got on against the Dodgers in, in Kershaw's thing?
1: Um, uh, error.
0: Corwin votes error. Let's see. And then error we'll by Justin this, Turner. I promise. Ooh, three strikeout inning. Love to see it. Oh, Corwin, you're right. It was in that top of the seventh. Corey Dickerson got on. Reach on an E6. Who was playing third base at that time?
1: Justin Turner.
0: Was it Justin? I'm looking right now. Was it Justin Turner? Let's see. Third base that day. Oh, no. It was Miguel Rojas. Oh, uh, Miggy. Uh, Miguel Rojas. Team, oh, my God. Uh, so he's nursing a perfect game up to that point. What, After the E6, strikeout, groundout, strikeout. This? 2014. Uh, And then strikeout, strikeout, groundout. And then he closes out the game in the ninth groundout fly fly out, strike out. That was literally the only guy that touched base. Miguel Rojas, career OPS plus of 85, career o- um, war of 10.3 in nine years. That was his only season in Los Angeles. They saw him do that to Kersh and were like, get the fuck out of here.
1: Uh, All right. 2014 Justin Turner's first year for the Dodgers started 67 games, 59 of which were at third base.
0: Should've, this should have been one of them, I guess. Yeah. Damn. Fuck you, Rojas. Uh, oh, all right. Um last thing we obviously this is a a, a delay recording this on um May 16th, which is a Monday. We usually record these on Sundays. H- however, Corwin and my favorite hockey teams were facing off in a game seven in the first round of the playoffs um, this past Sunday, which means that we obviously were watching that instead of recording. Um, And that series is now over. The New York Rangers are advancing in a dramatic game seven overtime uh, situation to take the series four to three and are going off to play the Carolina Hurricanes now. Corwin. Let it out.
1: Uh, I know it's the cliche. I know it's the stereotype. I know it's the MO of the Penguins to be gifted advancement in the postseason or gifted plays, gifted penalties. Just they are the star of, you know, the ref size, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think in this case, though, the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, very much outplayed the rangers throughout this series and uh by all means they were right there you know two goal leads in each of the last three games actually not no, in this past game five and six yeah. yeah this past game was a one goal lead but multiple times um and just uh it was tough i mean not having you know either your starter or backup goalie for three of those games, just uh, the way things kind of unfolded in game seven, there was, this is absolutely a series that probably is, you know, going to go back on, you know, if you look at the probability of, of winning over the course of the seven games, it's probably very much in favor of the penguins. But if you look at games five, six, seven, it's like 50.1 to 49.9 right there at the end um so uh you know i can't be upset with the rangers winning they're a good team uh they had a bunch of players just absolutely play their lights out um and you know jacob troop was a piece of shit but other than that hey go go get them
0: uh i i would agree the penguins absolutely outplayed the rangers for the entirety of this year even in the games that they lost they very much so outplayed the, the rain and that's why Corona I texted very briefly after the game seven, um, uh, and really if if it wasn't uh, Louis Domingue in goal, I yeah. mean I think there's kind of no chance the Penguins lose this series, I, 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 like because you could that's the difference between the, the two teams like like the Rangers are a very young team and the Penguins are a. Uh, Heavy playoff experience, say oh, veteran presence and a lot of playoff experience, and it it showed. And like they're they've got a lot of great fucking players, and it, it showed in the Rangers' inability to have a lot of like consistent passing and their inability to have clean entries. How rocked they constantly got by a Penguins. The Penguins' very good forecheck really threw the Rangers off. It felt like they could never get. Um, good, like secure passing lanes in the neutral zone for any of the games because the Penguins were are very played a very tight game, um, yep. and it really that was the difference. Which, as a Rangers fan, made the games feel when they actually won uh, ridiculous because you you you're you're down in the series already, you're getting outplayed, but you still managed to win. Feels great, but yeah, it's um. One of the big points of controversy from uh, the the game seven was the uh, the helmet rule
1: mm. that got uh, was yes. that Gensel that that got. Uh, no, it was um Matheson, uh, one of Peterson. our defensive players, Marcus Peterson. Yeah, was it regardless? Yeah,
0: which I didn't realize that was a rule. Honestly, I I I've been very checked out on hockey this year because uh, I've Comcast and. They, they didn't carry MSG this year which meant I really had like no good way of legally watching those games and I I didn't have the time to do the the illegal way of doing it this year so I just kind of didn't um and I didn't even realize this was a rule honestly I don't know if it's new I don't know if I'm just extrapolating it out or focusing it on this year because I didn't watch much hockey but uh I don't know do you have any thoughts on on this it yeah, was um
1: You know, both Peterson on his way back to the bench was barking at the refs, but immediately made that beeline for the bench. Sullivan was saying it after the game in his press conference, and Peterson said it in his as well, that, you know, they disliked that he was forced to return to the bench, um, that the rule was uh, worded that way or, or was built that way to like he had to return to the bench when, Technically, he could have retrieved the helmet to put it back on. But at that point, the helmet was like 15 feet away from him in the opposite direction of kind of the play. So instinctively, you kind of have to go to the bench. But when it comes down to how it plays out, and it, you back it behind, you know, the NHL stance that this is meant to protect the heads of players and boy, that's great if it wasn't for the fact that everything else you do is clearly not in the best interest of the heads of your players, both in, you know, Department of Player Safety and the fines and punishments you dish out and just the game itself. Like, it... I can't be bad because it's literally the role and it's not like there's much that can be done. I think the fact that a Rangers player can go out of his way rip the helmet off of another player you know with the intent of doing so and that basically causes a man advantage for X amount of seconds but I mean it's, just, it's how it goes you know it's that green. I actually
0: do get it's the same concept behind having your fight strap secured if you if if a, if a player pulls your jersey up because you didn't have mm-hmm. your fight strap secured you get in trouble not the other player So I actually do get that. What I think is silly, and again, like you said, it's the rule. I don't feel like the Rangers really got away with one because it's a poorly written rule, but it is the rule. But I do think it's poorly written because if you look at other sports that involve helmets, even in hockey, the idea that the helmet being removed is a serious injury risk leads to a stoppage of play. If the goalie has an issue with their helmet, play stops if you're playing Mm -hmm. football and the running back loses their helmet on the play, the play stops. Yeah. Like it's very common for that to be the rule because the idea is now I get that hockey is a little bit different because there's not a want for too much interruption. If your stick breaks or you lose it, you keep going. Like play Mm -hmm. does not stop, but that's not a health and safety concern. You know, that's an equipment issue that is not directly tied to your well-being. And if hockey is going to take the stance that, probably correctly, the helmet is very directly tied to your well-being, then stop play rather than lead to this. Have some rules around it, like chin straps have to be secured, you know, like you, you can make rules about you know ripping down on someone's chin strap or ripping their mm-hmm. helmet off that's uh, a minor or whatever like build some language in so that it's not um it's not as e- it's not easy to just fuck with somebody but it's not it's not a good rule to force someone to either go retrieve their helmet or go back to the bench when they can continue the play if they're directly involved in it like if you're holding the puck yeah. You know, if you're handling the puck, you can keep going if your helmet gets ripped off, but you're if you're out of the play, you can't, but that would really hurt the team on defense because that means you can't square up to guard a passing lane or guard your man, which is going to hurt your team more probably. Like it, it's a poorly written rule.
1: It's also like, look, I get if you're a defenseman, you lose a helmet, you're trying to, you know, get in between either a shooting lane or a passing lane, yeah, you, if you don't have a helmet on, that's a serious safety concern. But also the, the fact that, all right, in this case, you are kind of going through the play itself just to get back to the bench. I don't know. Again, you're right in just saying it's so poorly worded that it was bound to cause an issue like this. It just so happened that it directly led to a goal.
0: Yeah, it, it it feels like a performative health and safety thing, but maybe that'll segue to being a more proper health and safety thing.
1: Also, um, I do want to say the refs call in overtime to give you a full um, uh, man advantage, a penalty instead of a penalty shot. Even though I was on the receiving end of the penalty shot, I think that's a bogus call.
0: I was really surprised
1: it's kind of ridiculous. And even as a Penguins fan, I would much rather have the penalty shot because it's a defenseman, you know, our just happens to be fairly good at stopping penalties and, and was having a very good night itself. Uh, you know, I thought that was pretty bogus.
0: Yeah. The officiating, I think in general for the game was the series was not great or, um, what do you think for is uh, the 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 Penguins in store for going forward for the immediate future?
1: Um, I was reading some articles today about you know all right is this it is this the end of the run blah blah blah. <sighs> Sid's not going anywhere. I don't expect Gino to go anywhere. I kind of almost expect Chris Letang to go elsewhere because he's such a good defenseman still that I imagine another team would give him a pretty sizable contract when the Pens can't. But part of me hopes the three of them, as close as they are, would be like, hey, I want to keep this together.
0: Do you think the Penguins make the playoffs next year? Yes. All right. Um, then we will leave it there with that. Uh, I will give updates on how my Rangers are doing against the the Canes. It could be a very challenging matchup against the Canes as uh, that series picks up. I think tomorrow, I believe, uh, maybe. That's uh, true. I I think it was a really quick turnaround. I thought it was going to be Wednesday, uh, but I feel like it's actually secretly tomorrow. Hold on, I might be wrong. It might actually be Wednesday. It, it is. It is Wednesday. All right, never mind. I was sure. wrong. Um, yeah. So then I'll. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on it um yeah but anyway uh in the meantime if you want to follow the show on twitter you can do so at juice and pop if you'd like to follow corwin on twitter you can do so at corin heller but like follow myself on twitter you can do so at joshua D. Tracy. if you'd like to send emails to the show you can do so at juice and the numbers at gmail.com and until thursday y'all have a good week.
1: bye